Hi there, it's Rebecca, and you don't usually hear from me on these intros. And it's Shannon, and you're probably sick of hearing from me on these intros. Jointly, we're the hosts of We're No Damn Experts, and we're so excited to be celebrating 100 episodes of the greatest damn podcast around. Of course, I haven't been around for all 100, but Rebecca has. And in those 100 episodes, we've covered things from mermaids and mountains to bears and beer and a lot of things in between. And we have even more to cover about Montana's best damn town, Great Falls. And thank you to all of our listeners, especially those who've made it all the way with us from episode zero. Yeah, not episode one, episode zero. Yeah, we did start with episode zero. (laughs) Now to mark this milestone, we have a very special guest. We're very proud to call him a Great Falls resident. So sit back and relax and enjoy the 100th episode of We're No Damn Experts. And be sure to listen until the very end for your chance to win a really unique and super cool prize package. Best damn podcast, the best damn town. You want to get up, get ready to get down. Welcome to the greatest damn town in Montana, Great Falls. I'm Rebecca Ingham. And I'm Shannon Newth. And And we're we're No No Damn Damn Experts. Experts. We are, um, I'm a little bit nervous. Starstruck. Starstruck, fangirly. (laughs) Yes. For the first time in the history of our podcast. No offense to all the other guests who have been here. Well, maybe some of you should take offense, but um, (laughs) this is our 100th episode. Well, it's not my 100th. It's your 100th. We're No Damn Experts 100th episode. Yes. And today on the podcast, we have the biggest celebrity we have ever had in the history of our podcast. (laughs) And we've had Mrs. Montana on. We did. Yeah. Mrs. Montana was here. Our guest is a New York Times best-selling author. Yes, for two different books. Yes, mm-hmm. not just three one different time. books. Three different books. Three different books. Mm-hmm. He's friends with one, maybe two, of my favorite creative people, Eric Heidel and Sean Tatarka. Yes. You may not be friends with Sean, but you know him. I, I'm friends with Sean. <laughs> yes. Okay, I didn't want to just make a, that assumption. assumption. And the other biggest claim to fame, he's a freaking Great Falls resident. He is. That's the best part. Yes. <laughs> and we get to have him on our podcast, Mr. Jamie Ford. Wow. Yay. Thanks for having me. Uh, that was quite an introduction there. Yes. Thank you. You know, I worked on it all night, all morning. I even wrote she notes. dreamed about it. I'm like, how, how, how cool do you introduce this man? Yeah. That we get to finally have Jamie Ford in our podcast presence in and in our podcast studio the, yes. the funny thing is across the street is the our disc golf course yes and i was I, i'm up there all the time i was just up there yesterday literally 24 hours ago so i was just kind of looking down waving waving, waving. So getting I, ready I, we i've had always tr- been lurking just outside the studio oh That's what well i'm, I'm glad you've, awkward. you've stopped lurking yeah. and you've come on in yeah we've had drew and maggie on the podcast with us 
Um, Callie Jean told us today that she's intersected with your family a number of times. And so creepily mentioned to him when he walked in the door that she's been in your house. Yeah, that's always you comforting. you know that? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You were asleep and were I was asleep. staring I at you. I've really been in good. your house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just smell your clothing. So maybe that's why he's been lurking and never coming in because we're creepy like that. Because there's weird people yeah. hanging around. In fact, she's yes. there now. She, uh, yeah. she left. Mm-hmm. We closed the door. She's outside. Yeah. So... Funny enough, we talked with Chuck Fulcher mm-hmm. um, a while back. He told us how he designed pools in California and ended up moving to Montana or back to Great Falls mm-hmm. to take a job with Went. And Jamie surprises us before we go on yeah. air with the same hey, story. Hey, that's what brought me back, too. So yeah. I'm just going to have to say, Went is like a <laughs> recruiter of talent. Yes, advertising agency in town. Yeah, they they bring a lot of people here. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly. Um, well, they're I mean they're me a here. very long-standing company, ninety plus years. Yeah, in they our community. They began their journey in 1929, which okay. is not the best year to start a business, <laughs> but you know they pulled yeah. it off. Hey, yeah, it worked. They're still here. So in my mind, the story I had created about you is you were born here, you left, mm. you went away, you came back, but that uh, clearly is not <laughs> not, clearly not your journey. Not, that's <laughs> a fictional story. Yes. <laughs> it's not true so we need to correct rebecca's narrative in her brain (laughs) yeah there's actually there's a more fictional story out there i i would would keep getting uh email requests for biographical information from high school students and Mm so i made a fake bio and i put it on tumblr and it was like (laughs) i was uh, a test tube baby and i was born in mali and my first language is urdu and i was a, a bush pilot and was in a you know, an all-male review that toured <sighs> Europe, and and it's clearly fictitious, but some kids just copy, paste, and oh my off they go. Yeah, um, but that's got to be fun to think yeah. how <laughs> that, your that life other version been. of you exists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Just uh, giving, and then you get giving... sad, like when you're home, and you're like, I'm not oh. a bush pilot. I know, yeah. right? Oh, I, I wasn't in a Bolivian circus. Yeah, man. Dang it. The opportunities mm. in another lifetime. The folklore of you lives on in these people in these high schoolers' papers when they don't do their research. Yeah, there was actually one. You know, I did have one bad experience at a high school where some parents kind of mm. were very angry at me, oh. and they found that bio and thought it was real <laughs> oh and gosh. posted it because <gasps> in, in it it says I got kicked out of a of a you know like a a Catholic school in mm. like India <laughs> for turning a. Uh, a pieta into a pinata, oh something gosh. like that, and they and they literally posted like Jamie Ford vandalized a school. With, oh and my like, god! Okay, Why you, would we you... let this person come and interact with our children? Yeah, yeah. yeah they clearly missed uh, missed something. <laughs> wow, <laughs> didn't read between the lines. You've had to have seen the progression of the world go from mm. being able to be entertained <laughs> to really. Being trying to be offended by any opportunity they could. Um, just the fact that you bring that up <laughs> offends me. Yes, and I'm uh, my lawyer will be suing you. Yeah, Thank read goodness. read the room, Rebecca. <laughs> read the room. Yeah. Just kidding. No, we yeah. we do live in that age. I mean, there there is there are real causes mm-hmm. for uh, people to be upset, but then. It can almost be a competition of who can be the most outraged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I. I grew up in the Seattle area. Uh, one of my daughters is in grad school in Seattle, and it still kind of has that vibe, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, and each community is different. Mm-hmm. Um, as we noticed through the pandemic, every community reacted differently, and mm-hmm. we moved past those things, and 
and continue to get entertained by people who are creative and can come up with wonderful stories. Mm-hmm. We don't do any research for our podcast. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Just, In case you weren't were curious, I, yeah. I am a former... Uh, Pediatric cardiologist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, perfect. And then you went to the Bolivian Circus? Uh, totally. Okay. It's all true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in order to write, not just creative writing, mm-hmm. like I could do probably a short story, maybe five paragraphs, super short story. You could do the story about what you thought Jamie's life was. Right. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. could do it. Pretty yeah. short. If I can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> but you're writing full, <laughs> full books <laughs> without <laughs> pictures. That will take people more than an hour to read, mm-hmm. in theory. In theory. Yeah, unless you're a speed reader. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't want to rush through it. It's no. for enjoyment. Yeah. Right. You have to yeah. take a certain amount of meth to get through the book in an hour. <laughs> we don't, yeah. We don't encourage that one. Yeah. So when did you write your first book? Oh. Uh, and I, it doesn't have to be the New York Times bestselling yeah. one, like your yeah. first ever yeah. book. Do you have... Before Hotel yeah. on the Corner of Bitter and Sweet. Of course, yeah. Yes. It's, it's called a trunk novel. <laughs> um, and I don't know why. No one keeps it in a trunk. It's usually in their closet or under their bed <laughs> or in the shed or something like that. Yeah, I do. I have a novel I wrote before Hotel. I worked on it for about four years. And I, it was just a learning experience. It was mm. a terrible book. I highly doubt it's no, a terrible No, it's book. unpublishable. It's like mm. basically, yeah. It's torture. If, like someone reading that, it'd be like being waterboarded. Oh it's my. nothing someone should be <laughs> subjected in, to. Like violently bad. It's then. terrible. Yeah. yeah. My, my wife has uh, explicit directions that when I die, that book is given a Viking funeral. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I would have thought maybe it was like, once I'm gone, you can publish it. <laughs> yeah. That's my fear. I mean, that it will be published. Yeah, you just I don't know. have that much trust in your wife. No, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. No, it's just every author's fear, I think, is to, is to have their their practice sessions mm. made public as if they weren't practice. And mm. ev- every musician uh, had years of them just plinking away in their mom's basement. Um, mm with off notes and it takes years before you can play something that someone actually wants to listen to, let alone (laughs) pay for, let alone, you know, maybe play at their wedding or something like that. And that's a good thing to remember too, when you do are basking in the glow of wonderful success Mm. where that started. Basking in the glow <laughs> of that wonderful success. Um, Again, as I this go is our narrative. <laughs> this is the story we've created about Jamie Ford. It's true. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, my wife reminded me um, as we were, you know, finishing up uh, at the, the, the Today Show at NBC. And she was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, don't forget next week you have to pick up dog poop in the backyard. <laughs> You're like, here's so, your to-do list. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it. Uh, not that much changes. Mm-hmm. And okay, so let, let's talk about that since you brought that up. Uh, the Today Show, the mm. uh, with Jenna Bush Hager, the Read with Jenna, your newest yeah. release here, the Many Daughters of a Fong Moy was chosen. Not only is it a New York Times bestseller, but it was also <laughs> chosen for uh, the Read with Jenna pick. You got to go on the Today Show. I actually I ran into Jamie in Cassiopeia Books, which we'll get we'll talk more about Cassiopeia <laughs> sure. later. But right before you were heading. Um, to, to New York for the Today Show. Tell us about that experience. <laughs> what was that call like saying, hey, your uh, book has been picked for this massive book club? Yeah, hanging with Jenna B. Um, <laughs> oh, 
you know, the, the way I found out about it, that it, it you know, wasn't official, but there was uh, some rumors, I, more than rumors. I was <laughs> on a Zoom with a library in Kentucky. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's just me and the uh, librarian, like 50 patrons, and I do these all the time. I get off the Zoom and the phone rings and it's my publicist. And she says, okay, we didn't want to tell you ahead of time because it would freak you out. <laughs> but they so were- So they know you well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were people from the Today Show on that Zoom just <gasps> watching you. Oh, kind of creepy. There were nine of them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like What? I know. It's, I'm like- Nine of the patrons weren't even real patrons. Yeah. yeah I know, right? Isn't that terrible? <laughs> yeah. And so that's when I first heard that it was being considered. Um, and it actually- the original consideration was Jenna uh, contacted my film agent and wanted to option it for a series mm-hmm. even before it that was on came before the Today Show. That mm-hmm. wow, okay, yeah. All the celebrity book clubs they get uh, these books way in advance. Mm-hmm. So she probably got a manuscript in January. So this is this will come out in November. So mm-hmm. she got it way ahead of time. And they, you know, these book clubs read it. They they. They sort of plan out their selections six months in advance, mm-hmm. and she really liked it. And yeah, and eventually, you know, I passed muster. Um, they, <laughs> they, you know, I had another Zoom interview with producers, and they basically they're they're vetting you for television. Mm. They want to make, make sure you're emotionally stable enough to go on <laughs> to national a, national interviews. Your crap yeah. in the yeah. middle of something. Yeah, <laughs> that you're not gonna like the green light goes on the camera and you turn into Alex Jones yeah, or something right, like uh-huh. that. Like I'm, I'm yeah. here to talk about interdimensional <laughs> sex vampires or something. Yeah, I mean, probably good that they vet people for that. And yeah. you passed that. I, good job, good job, yeah. Jamie. Yeah, yeah. I, I call it housebroken for television. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Very true. But they, uh, my, my only real rock star, I mean, the whole thing was cool, but the, the only part that really felt like a rock star moment was they picked me up at my hotel in a, you know, in a car, and then they drove me three blocks to the <laughs> oh studio. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, my, you, not having to walk three blocks. Yeah, because three my blocks, husband, I would have I quit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My husband uh, got a cab to go across the street, so... Mm-hmm. What kind of street are we talking about? <laughs> One in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Um, oh, wow. There was a completely different environment. He was not with his full faculties. Oh, okay. Mm. I mean, that, that makes sense. Couldn't find the one thing he was, was looking for. Was this a pretty for. wide street? Um, nope. Oh. Just really late in the evening. Trying to give him some credit here. Nope, <laughs> just really late in the evening. Okay. Now, I, now I'm beginning to wonder. Maybe the Today Show thinks authors are all are just, like, just morning ooh, drinkers. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little woozy there. No, I, I would think three blocks in New York, there's plenty of opportunity to get, get lost. lost. Yeah. I mean, truth be told, they take you to 30 Rock. There's a, there's like a secret door it's mm. not, i mean it's it's just a there's no mark no signage they just basically push a button and then it opens up and oh. then people from nbc whisk you in and slam the door was there a, ma- a sound like oh when the door <laughs> opens like you've made it sunshine like you yeah, just god rays shining yes. down <laughs> um, i've always just imagined it's like the most unglamorous thing because you mm-hmm. don't want to draw attention to certain areas or people and so everything that's glamorous is where nobody can get in and you know if they were just to go around the corner in the alley by the dumpster there's (laughs) there's the celebrities there's jamie ford just hanging out (laughs) waiting for that door to open yeah (laughs) hello i'm i'm supposed to be here i think yeah don't don't you know who i am yeah (laughs) yeah 
Wow. Um, okay, so tell me more about this, the film option. I didn't mm. realize that came before the rest of it. Where, what what can you tell us about that right that process right now? Oh, um, I mean, <laughs> nothing. nothing. Yeah, <laughs> no, that was the conversation. Okay, yeah. what? Okay, what does that even what does that even mean then to oh, have this film option? No, I mean, anytime I talk about film options, I have to add the big asterisk that mm-hmm. lots of things get optioned and lots of things do not get produced, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of excitement, but um, until th- someone says roll camera, then I yeah. you know, I don't yeah. really. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. Mm -hmm. In this case, um, Jenna, you know, she worked for NBC. NBC is owned by Universal. So she Mm -hmm. had a special deal with Universal for her to bring um, them a book. And she's had this book club for a number of years. And she decided this was the book. Mm. And she has a producing partner. Um, When I went on the Today Show, people said like, oh, you, you seem very comfortable and I was still a, a little nervous, but I had talked to Jenna m- multiple times before that regarding film stuff. So it wasn't, it was the first time we'd met and we got to hug and, you know, kind of hang out. But we had, we had chatted before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they've optioned it for a, a premium cable series. Um, so that would be something that would be on HBO Max or Netflix or mm-hmm, Hulu, right. that kind of thing. Um there's a screenwriter who's been working on it for a number of months, and that's where it's at. I'm an mm-hmm. executive producer, I'm a consulting partner, and that is all I can say. Know. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I can I can say is a it, little bit more, but that's um, it's just insider baseball. That's kind of boring. Is it normal someone else would do the screenplay for it? Yeah, it's it's more yeah, it's more common. I mean, just because I, I wrote a book. Uh, doesn't mean I could write a screenplay. It's a different. Those art. are different mediums. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. You know, I wouldn't mind giving it a shot, but I have other books to write. And I, <laughs> the first thing my editor said was, "Please, please tell me we're not going to lose you to Hollywood." Because like, <laughs> some authors will just disappear. They'll mm. switch careers and they'll become a screenwriter. Um, and I don't. I'm not really. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's in my future. But well, isn't it a different thought process? I would think you have to think through the story completely different yeah and it's collaborative and um collaborative means a lot of compromise mm. and, and that's fine but the, the for beauty some of, people yeah for yeah. some people yeah. <laughs> forget you yeah. it's all me yeah. everyone in the room take notes i'm gonna talk um i'm the expert on this mm-hmm. yeah but the the beauty of being a novelist is it's just me Mm-hmm. And, you know, I eventually work with my editor, but for the most part, it's just me and mm-hmm. I can make all those decisions. Sometimes, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a force multiplier creatively when you're in a room, in a writer's room with a bunch of people. And I'd love to be a part of that. So maybe there'll be an opportunity for that down the road. But they have to, um, you know, have a couple screenplays, kind of have the, the arc of the series and then get one of the big uh, streamers to pick it up. So when you were in kindergarten (laughs) and then you made it to high school, Mm -hmm. did you think, I'm just going to write books for a living? (laughs) Did I think I was going to write books for a living? I mean, because some, Mm. like, I'll look back on my own career and go, huh, I would have never guessed this (laughs) is where I would have ended up. Like, there's just nobody who's like, I'm going (laughs) to, I said it this morning, I'm going to look at full page ads and Mm -hmm. say, hmm, I don't really like it. As like, your job. That's as my part job. Of your job. Yeah. That's your job. Now, I I had an aptitude test in high school that recommended that I be a truck driver. So that <laughs> okay. shows you my literary skills at the time. <laughs> um, I mean, part of it was 
I mean, actually, I've always been interested in the arts. My mom wanted me to be a writer. My dad wanted me to be a fine artist. Um, I worked as a graphic designer, an art director, a creative director. I worked in the arts for about 17 years, but I was always writing on the side. Oh. Just so I had this creative sandbox that was unassociated with my day job. And eventually, I just wanted to move into the sandbox. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who's an accountant. And if you wow, okay, yeah, more power to him. Yeah, were to spend any time with her, you would really think she missed her calling in the creative world. Mm. Really, um, does she get creative with accounting? That sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> she never Maybe gets creative yeah. with accounting. Yeah, yeah, I like that. But I will tell you, the, the woman owed me like ten dollars and thirty-two cents, and she sent okay. me the ten dollars and thirty-two cents to me by mail <laughs> over the course of a year and a half. <laughs> I love it. Pennies, nickels oh my at a time. And each one <laughs> accompanied by some letter. And the creative writing, oh I have my a folder at home of this. And we would laugh and giggle and just random stuff. Sometimes it would be on a note. Sometimes it would be like this person called message thing. This person called and this is what they wanted from you and just made all this stuff up. Wow. So I'm like, you you might have missed your calling yeah. I, I to have did. that release mm -hmm. Somehow, like, you must just suck being an accountant because <laughs> this is really quality work. Yeah. I'm impressed. Wow. I was all excited to get my three cents. The postage <laughs> she paid to send me this $10.32 was... Ended up being way more. Like $380 oh my gosh, yeah, over no. the course of that time. No, wow. I like that. Because yeah. when, you, when you tape <laughs> quarters to a piece of paper and mail them, that's heavy. It take, yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, it requires more than one stamp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I want the name of this account. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, when she pays me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still not paid in full for that? Um, I am fully paid for the ten dollars and thirty two cents. Okay. But you there's know, other outstanding. I'm gonna try to figure out how to monetize this podcast, so okay. Yeah. No freebies there. Mm. <laughs> no royalties paid either later. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we were talking about your your other life before My diving life, into the yeah. full sandbox, Be if you will. I, before the witness protection program. Yes, before <laughs> this all happened. Um, so that's what brought you. You grew up in Seattle. Mm -hmm. That's what brought you to Montana, to Great Falls, was your career with Went and the, these other creative elements. Graphic and then you've, yeah, and you've been here ever since. Yeah, before, before Montana, and I've been here since 99, I... I was living and working in Hawaii. I missed the mainland. I was trying to get back. I was looking at Oregon and Washington and Idaho. I hadn't quite thought about Montana, but I, I'd been here as a kid and had a great time. And there was... <laughs> Nothing bad about it. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't get eaten by a bear or left, hey, left at a truck stop. That's always the goal. Yeah. It's yeah. all good. All um, good stuff. <laughs> all good things. Um, and there was a headhunter who, um, who kind of tracked me down and and thought this would be a good fit, and mm. it, it really was. I was, I wanted to live in a smaller town, better quality mm. life for my kids. Um, I wanted to live someplace that had great access to the outdoors, and I wanted to live in a place where I could have enough time in my day to write. Mm. And I, I literally added up all of my hours commuting in Hawaii, and I lived in Kailua, I worked in Honolulu, I had an 11-mile commute. 
that was beautiful, but would take me anywhere from 45 minutes to 90 minutes each oh, way. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I added it all up. I was spending three and a half weeks of every year in my car in traffic. Oh, wow. And that just sounded horrible <laughs> when you think about <laughs> uh-huh. it. When but you put it like, all together like how that. How much else you could be doing with your life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. literally, I moved to Great Falls. I can ride my bike to work in 10 minutes mm-hmm. and have all that time to do something else. And mm. that something else became writing. Mm. That's became awesome. the sandbox. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now, did you meet your wife before moving to Great Falls? Is she from Great Falls? Yeah, she's born and raised okay. in Great Falls. Went okay. to Great Falls High. There you uh, go. Yeah, she lived I in California. I knew there was a part of this story that involved somebody <laughs> living here. There you go. There it is. Just got the wrong person. A yeah. couple. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we met at the public library here. Great, Great Falls How public library. poetic and perfect for yeah. your story, right? Yeah, wow. it was a little, yeah, it wasn't singles night at the library. It wasn't wet t-shirt night at the library. <laughs> Just Maybe the they should library. do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> it cheapens the experience. <laughs> well, but we need people to go to the library, well, so... For the right reasons. Mm. Mm. Well, maybe they'll go for that and then fall in love with <laughs> the rest of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we could <laughs> we bring it hope. down from wet t-shirt night at the library to just karaoke night and start Oh, there. hey. That's, a, that's respectable. Yeah. So like that. did you, knowing you do graphic design, did you design your covers for your books? No. <laughs> and Knowing you're a graphic designer, when you got um, <laughs> options, did you like, ugh, uh, were the, you tough on them? The world is better for it that I didn't do it. <laughs> um, I don't know. At that at that point, it's kind of like if you're a chef and someone else cooks for you. It's such a pleasure. It's nice. Because you it's don't have nice. to do it. don't have to yeah. think about it. And yeah. they have um, really incredible you know design firms doing their covers and just to sit back and um and and kind of do that say yes or no yes or no i like this i don't like that i mean that was just such a luxury so i was Mm. i mean i spend so much time writing the damn book i i don't want to have to (laughs) you know nitpick every area i don't want to have to like create the ink i don't want to do those things (laughs) like just give me the words to you yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. but you know if he ever does create a book all the way, the words, the ink, yeah. the paper, the graphic <laughs> yeah. designed cover. Epic, whole new Ooh. level. There'll probably just be one. Yeah, real, <laughs> like craft beer, but books. Yeah. yeah. I like You're it. not a real artist unless you make your own paper, your own ink. Wow. Print it I yourself. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Can't wait till you're on national media and you <laughs> take that stand. That you say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am the only real artist. That's right. <laughs> Don't do it in the Zoom meetings with the producer. Yeah. Wait till the camera you heard goes it first live. Yet. Yeah. I mean, truth be told, I did do three or four mock covers in Photoshop mm. and they were fine. And they were directional, but once I saw their capabilities, then I, you know, I, I could stand down. I could trust that they're really going to do a great job. Mm-hmm. So in the movies, they always depict authors of like always up to these deadlines of having to create another book <laughs> and have this, you know. Okay, I'm just, I got to go. Got yeah, the deadline. He's like, yeah, bye. All the stories and. I can't get anything creative to come or, you know, they're writing series and they don't know what Samantha's going to do next and book 370. Is it like that for real? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I don't know. There, there's a few outliers. There are some authors that just crank books out and they are just wildly productive. And I... I don't know how that's possible. You're not that guy. I'm not that guy. It takes me <laughs> longer. I spend more time on it. And and I do have times where I'm just not very c- productive or creative. I'm mm. I'm researching or I'm I'm 
honestly, I'm, I'm making it sound better. I'm just struggling with what mm-hmm. to write. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened with my first book, my first book, Hotel in the Corner of Bitter and Sweet, was was such a big bestseller that it, it took me a while to write myself out from under that shadow. Mm. And then this book blew up and I created another shadow. Yeah. And that's kind of like where the, I'm at the now. the curse of the success of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So suddenly yeah. there's all that pressure. It's like I have that second book syndrome mm-hmm. all over again. Mm-hmm. So you don't have like a whiteboard with all these different ideas just waiting <laughs> for you like, oh, I'm going to do a book about this. Yeah, where do you store all the little yeah. nuggets of... Ideas. We've got one in the basement for a whiteboard for yeah. our newsletters. <laughs> I mean, it's the same, same, totally thing. the same scope. Yeah. Well, truthfully, I mean, there's there's two sides to that. One in my office, I have what I call the wall of madness, and it's just it looks like uh, madness. Yeah, it looks yeah. like a conspiracy theorist basement. It's got that's news. the picture. Do you I have want like on the, the crime scene, cover. like the, the pinpoint string. with a string leading to other things? Just about. Oh. I, I do have some red string. I thought I would put up there, but Perfect. that seemed a little too on the nose. <laughs> but a lot of it is just staring into space, daydreaming. Mm. Um, someone commented that they drove by the dog park and they just saw me sitting there staring <laughs> into space. And the I was creative mind at work. And that yes. was it. I was there trying to solve a plot problem. I'm just staring into space, looking at the water, and my dogs are running around. And yeah, I look catatonic. They um, should have sent the Today Show out to get <laughs> yeah. footage of you sitting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. action footage. Uh-huh. It's very, very sexy. So, Eric, if you're listening, these are the kind of photos that we mm. we want for the for next book cover yes. sleeve. Book, it's just Jamie at the dog park. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> the, the, the wall of mess yeah. with the strings. The string, yes. Yeah. That's what we want. I'm picturing this now as like a TV show, like the you know the CSIs, like you see it bouncing back and forth between their face and the wall. Yeah. Well, Eric's a great writer, and he and he he knows this well. So I mean, he's he's he, he participates in this madness. Yeah. Do you? Um, I, in my attempts to be creative, I know often, <laughs> often for me, I like to be outside or sit in the sunshine or just like walk around a little bit. Where? So you talked about the dog park. How much mm-hmm. of the your the actual writing happens in your office versus your head or wandering around mm. or do you have other places besides the dog park that you like to do your your thinking? <laughs> I go for plot walks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I call them. I think that's I, I I think some other authors use that term as well. Um, I take my dogs to the river. Mm-hmm. Um, I live about a mile from the Missouri, and so. I just need to get out mm-hmm. um, and I'll even go in winter, just bundle up and, and we'll just walk through the snow. Um, mm-hmm. So plot walks help. Just anything that to change up the trajectory of your day, get mm. up, do something else. Um, it, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's not like there's a faucet and it's hot and cold mm-hmm. running creative content. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. And um, at least that's how it is for me. Mm-hmm. For some people who crank out 10 books a year, um, I shouldn't say 10 books, maybe three books a year. Um, I don't know how they do it. Yeah. I, I do think there's um, perhaps a imbalance in their lives <laughs> that allows them to do that. Yeah. Well, I would have to think, just like comedians or anybody who's artistic, um, you can't be on all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think there's that expectation that... Mm, yes, you know, oh, you've written this many books. You should just have idea after idea. Or you're just, just like instantly so creative. Yeah. Yeah. I do have ideas like all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, whether but, those ideas become books or not, that's right, a completely. That's the, yeah. Right. I have lots like, of I ideas. I look at how many pages are in these books and I'm like, that takes a lot of thought. Like mm-hmm. I have an idea that might fill a chapter. Right. A chapter <laughs> is not a book. Or 
a chapter is not, you know, mm-hmm. you need a little more depth. You do. I, 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 every author, I get this a couple times a year, every author gets the email or the call from someone that's like, okay, I've got a great idea for a, a book. Here's my idea. And if you write it, we'll split the profits. And, then, <laughs> and I always, I'm like, oh thank you. That's a great that's... idea. You should write that. And, yeah. and by the way, I had 20 ideas before breakfast. Um, right. So, so ideas are cheap. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I did uh, business consulting before I led our tourism effort, and I would get people all the time. They're like, I've got this idea, uh, and I just need to have somebody buy it and make it happen. I'm like, that's not that's really not the way the this works. Yeah, yeah. If you want to do proof of concept and file your patent and then <laughs> try to sell that, you might be a little further down mm-hmm. the road. But just coming up, and, and they weren't ideas that were really, uh, what I would say. They never are. Sellable. Marketable. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes I just sit there and look at them like, your world is completely different than mine, <laughs> where you think that's a valid idea. Mm-hmm. But I would never said that. I was never mean to people. Wow. Good to job. Their face. Yeah, I was like, held it yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> it, I want to talk to you about the, the creative world. So we're talk- obviously an author. You've done the graphic design. We also learned you worked in the world of tourism. I did. Yes. Yeah. Tell us about tell us about your tourism time. What you did? Yeah, I can't check into a hotel without thinking about hotel mm. occupancy and whether they have a local <laughs> option tax and things uh-huh. like that. It's just kind of in my DNA now. Um, I worked in advertising in Alaska, and mm. we did Southeast Alaska tourism. Oh uh, wow! I then moved to Hawaii, where I worked on Hawaii tourism, Hawaiian Airlines, Hyatt Resorts, big um, tourism community. Yes, yeah, and that's and that background is why I was a good fit to come to Montana and work on mm. Montana tourism. Um, it was just that yeah. I spoke that language. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, Montana's a cool place, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it was it was a great fit in a bunch of different ways, uh, and then that's how I ended up at Went. Um, spent many, 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 um, you know, nights working on, on advertising campaigns and on photo shoots and TV shoots and going to the the governor's conference on tourism and yeah. just plugged into <laughs> that world. Stuff, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, is it intentional, or have you never even thought of it that <laughs> your surroundings? like physical surroundings don't necessarily show up in your book. It's, uh, I mean, books. It's, books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Intentional. No, by default. Yeah. It's just, I find that writers write about what they lament. And mm-hmm. so I miss the Seattle that I grew up in and I miss mm-hmm. Oregon that I, that I lived where I lived as a child. Um, and I don't miss Montana because I'm here. here. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's why the late, great Ivan Doig, he's from central Montana. He spent the last 40 years of his life in Seattle writing about Montana. Uh-huh. And I'm in Montana writing about Seattle. Yeah. And I, Interesting. Yeah. I mean, when I finally met Ivan and we shook hands, I did think like we might have that Freaky Friday moment where our <laughs> <switch>. bodies <laughs> yeah. switch. Yeah. Our brains transpose uh-huh. into each other's bodies. But... Um, <laughs> I've written one story set in Montana, um, set in Glendive. Um, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I like Glendive. I, I, I like <laughs> small towns in Montana. Mm-hmm. They, they have so much character. Um, and I probably will. But, um, you know, there's, there's a pantheon of great Montana authors. Um, and I don't think I have anything to add to that oh. I think that, mm. you know what I mean that kind yeah. of thing and my curiosity goes elsewhere um, so that's kind of how it's been hmm. so your books the four 
for books that have made it past the trunk. What was it? The trunk novel process. Yeah, the trunk novel. <laughs> <laughs> so you have Hotel on the Corner of Bitter and Sweet, your debut mm-hmm. novel. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Songs of Willow Frost, Love and Other Consolation Prizes, mm-hmm. which I got to do an interview with Jamie again back at my yeah. Why Old TV days when Love and Other Consolation Prizes came out. Indeed. Did an interview with him in his home, saw his home studio. I did not see any of the string on the wall, though, the madness <laughs> wall. I'm the only <laughs> one who hasn't <laughs> been in your yeah. house. Yeah. From this team, yes. Yeah. I, I, was I leave in, the back I door in, un- unlocked. Yeah. So I was invited. So if I just show up in the <laughs> kitchen one day. I was invited yeah. and Jamie knew I was there. That's the difference, <laughs> though, between me and Callie's experience. Um, and then... Finally, your new, uh, newest effort, uh, The Many Daughters of Among Foy. Mm-hmm. Uh, three New York Times bestselling mm-hmm. books. This is the most recent one. Like you said, yeah. you're kind of, as I said, you're living and basking in the glow of the, <laughs> the current success and then feeling the pressure for, <laughs> yeah. for continued success. Um, this book, I have really been enjoying reading it. I love the back and forth between these different generations, between the different time periods. Um, And to me, just amazing mind that you have to be able to intertwine all of those stories. And keep them straight. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm notorious for writing an email and then just stopping (laughs) mid-sentence and like not finishing it. And and you're building... just press send. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like someone will figure it out. (laughs) But you've got these complex characters that mm-hmm. you're having to follow time periods and um, moving back and forth. Mm-hmm. Please tell me you didn't write it the way it's produced. <laughs> like you had to have told this person's story and then this and person's story and up. then figured out how to meld them together. Or do you just like, nah, editors, figure it out. I wrote it backwards in Latin, which is what I normally do. It's wow. more challenging that way. Yeah, in between your stent as what a yeah. pediatrician. And yeah. yeah. Now, um, with my other books, my other books are split narratives, and mm-hmm. I, I bounce back and forth in time. And those ones, I write start to finish. Um, I tried that with this book, and I got about 100 pages in, and it just tied my brain in knots. <laughs> I could not do it. And so I, for the first time, I did break it all apart. Huh. I wow. wrote, wrote each narrative by itself, and then... Wove and them then figure it out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you ever, after it's published, go, oh, crap, I forgot to tie up that. <laughs> I forgot. Hopefully somebody else catches that if there's a loose end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's kind of a, a, a trope in, in with authors of the best way to proofread your novel is to write it, send it to your editor, or copy editor, or proofreader, get it published, and then wait for that one email to roll in <laughs> from someone. And, hey, yeah. what about that? Yeah, mm-hmm. there's two things in there that I would I would want to correct. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, and, okay. and they'll be corrected before the, the paperback. But at the moment, yeah, you, it's one of those things that I look at the thing a million times. My editor does, all these people do, and then suddenly there's just something that's right there that's glaringly obvious, but we didn't see it. Do you think it's because you get, you, get, you get lost in the characters and the story, and you kind of know, you fall in love with these characters and get so entrenched in it that you just kind of don't you're so generous <laughs> you're so I'm, generous i'm sitting I, here I thinking say, is this re- i'm, I'm just, waiting for the answer on this yeah. one yeah you're so kind and generous <laughs> for me i'm just like i i was lazy that day <laughs> I, I you know i stayed up well there's nothing lazy about <laughs> about your storytelling yeah, no like i i stayed up late you know binging uh <laughs> game of thrones yeah. and then didn't have enough sleep and just breeze through it and thought, yeah. oh, someone else okay, will catch it. It won't matter. Oh, yeah. That'll be good enough. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so um, with your most, uh, most, we'll just talk about your most recent book because sure. I have it sitting, I keep touching it for some reason, sitting in front of me. Uh, <laughs> Thank God there's no <laughs> video. Just, just like your colleague which is that comes by into way. my house all the time. Yes. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if that's a good thing that I'm reminding you of that. Um, so uh, a Fong boy is a real person, but yeah. this is, quote, uh, you know, f- fictionalized history, if you will. Um, also talks about uh, inherited trauma, generational um, thing. And there's some interesting research I know you talked about with, with your interview with um, Jenna Bush Hager that, that yeah. contributes to that. We can talk about that later. But uh, a Fong boy, tell us about who, who she was and how she inspired this novel. Sure, yeah. Afong Moy was the first Chinese woman to come to America. Came to this country in 1834. For a hot moment, she was the most famous woman in America. Hmm. She was written about in more than 200 newspapers, traveled up and down the eastern seaboard from Canada to Cuba, performed hundreds of times in uh, sold-out theaters, uh, went to the White House and met President Jackson at his request. that's she was I was fascinated by this person, but we never hear from Afong. It's mm-hmm. always you know, we never hear how she feels about anything. Right. It's always the sensationalized promotions of those people who have monetized her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I someone else's version of what <clears throat> yeah, because the the excitement about Afong, it it never touches upon the fact that uh, Chinese women, couldn't leave China at the time. And if they returned, the punishment was death. And so she wasn't here as this intrepid world traveler or a cultural ambassador. In all likelihood, she was sold into the service. Mm -hmm. And the last anyone hears about her is 1849. It was reported that uh, someone found her living in a poorhouse in New Jersey. Mm. And she had bound feet, so her capabilities were super limited. Mm. Um, So her, her story in all likelihood ends tragically. And um, I'd known about her for decades. I wanted to write about her, but it wasn't until I went down the rabbit hole of epigenetics and I realized I could give her fictional descendants and tell mm. her story that way. Mm. Uh, epigenetics, for those, will you explain that uh, She word? means me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always the lowest common no. denominator in the room. Yes. <laughs> Well, because that it plays so much into the 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 story here that you you built and this idea of the, the generational trauma and things. Yeah, I mean, the book is about in, it's about generational trauma, uh, inherited trauma, uh, which is kind of heavy. So I call mm-hmm. the book my epigenetic love story. Um, mm. Epigenetics. When you think of genetic inheritance, people think of physical traits like mm-hmm. hair color and eye color. Yeah. Um, and epigenetics is the idea that we inherit psychological traits like. Uh, phobias and resiliency um, and how we interact with other people hmm. and um, by creating fictional descendants for Afong and going from the 1800s to about 2045 I can give her a voice I can redeem her story hmm. and I can have you know aspects of her life ripple through all these other generations and that's much of what the book's about which is cool <clears throat> I I also am enjoying reading it Um, (laughs) because I know how to read. (laughs) I don't think we were questioning that. There there is an audiobook. Really? I I looked at it because I wanted to get through it fast, but (laughs) I enjoy reading. So the did you have to get permission from like Mm. family members to be able to fictionalize an actual person? 
Hmm. Um, or did you just throw caution to the wind? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> legal team will figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes and no. Um, with my first book, there is one real character. I got permission from his daughter since he had passed away in the 60s. Um, if it's historical characters, in general, when it comes to fiction, they're fair game. Mm. Um, and unless you're, if it's someone that's, especially if they passed away mm -hmm. 150 years ago or something, if it's someone today and, um, and you're, you're really basing a whole book on their life and profiting from it then they may have cause for some legal recourse but for the most part it's fiction so it's mm -hmm. we live in a, a free speech world mm -hmm. um and um that's kind of the the beauty of fiction it's it's this this canvas where really anything can go and you wanted to give her redemption i think i heard you talk you mentioned it but and i've heard you talk in other interviews about that you wanted to give some redemption yeah. and this love story component because you you're you're a lover of love stories i am <laughs> yeah i love love stories mm -hmm. uh, deep abiding weakness for love stories <laughs> was that um was that difficult to take such a heavy mm -hmm. subject and create a <laughs> redeemable story um yeah, I mean, my definition of redemption is maybe different than other people's. Sure. And so... Um, redemption I, doesn't necessarily mean yeah, sunshine, yeah, butterflies, yeah, happy. It yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean an ending with rainbows and unicorns mm -hmm. and, and you know everybody dancing. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's what our days that's are what, like. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. reality. Yeah. Um, hold on, the disco balls. Yeah, just Ooh, dropping yep. from the ceiling. Yeah. Um, no, I just wanted to give her not necessarily a happy ending, but a less tragic ending, mm. or an ending that felt better that in your emotional register. Mm -hmm. um, but even that, my my original ending was much uh, more tra <laughs> was more tragic mm. than what was published. Um, yeah, uh, my, my my editor <laughs> pulled me aside and said, Jamie, we have to make sure the reader survives the journey. Yeah. Oh. Because it was a little too, too much. painful. Hmm. Um, yeah, I know. I, I just naturally well, Do you there. wish, do you wish that still could have been the ending? Are you, no. do you want somebody are you... to close the book and throw it across yeah. the room? Like, yeah. what are you doing, Ford? <laughs> yeah, with my, with my second book, um, <laughs> I often sign that book. And I say I, I sign it with "I'm sorry about page 184." <laughs> um, I tried to talk her out of it, yeah. um, and because people would email me when they got to that page, and they're either mm. crying or they're outraged. Wow! And it's not like I'm I'm a sadist as an author, but if I try to with my characters, I'm either tormenting them or I'm giving them comfort and relief, and anything in between is boring so i'm gonna yeah. leave that out you gotta you gotta include the drama yeah. yeah that's what sells but because i know how my books are gonna end before i start writing i never know if i'm being tragic enough mm. because oh. i'm because i'm so close to it and i know it's gonna have a redemptive ending mm -hmm. um and so i worry about it affecting you know i want it to affect people emotionally so it's not, sometimes i just go way too far and my editor pulls me back from the brink. My wife pulled me back from the <laughs> brink. My wife, when she read this first draft, um, uh, she was sitting across the room from me, and she got to the like 
10 pages from the end and she just looked up at me and said f you oh no <laughs> this is like perfect I, yeah. that's what i was reaction. going for yeah yeah, yeah she's like i can't believe you did that and i'm like too much and she's like yes <laughs> so that's the different that was the original ending yeah okay. that, was, that was the original redemptive ending okay but laden with more tragedy Oh my goodness. (laughs) What, um, what do you hope that people take away from or explore in themselves or their own families or lives from this book? Huh? That's pretty deep. Is it beyond or (laughs) something beyond pure Mm. entertainment? Yeah. I, I, I say this often. Um, I consider myself someone in the compassion creation business. And so I, I want to write books that give people's empathy muscles a workout. Mm. Um, there are other people that are good at writing thrillers and mysteries and things like that. Um, I, I want things to, you know, entertain, but also educate and edify a little bit. Um, that's really my overall goal. It's, it's kind of who I am as a writer and I just lean into it instead mm. of fighting it and thinking, okay, this, this type of book is popular, so I should write that. I, I just divorce myself from all those expectations and do mm. my own thing. Mm. In the dedication page of sure. your, of this book, uh, you write, I'm pulling it up here. You say this book is for anyone with a complicated origin story. I feel you. Mm. So mm. you can tell who the real journalist <laughs> in the room is, right? <laughs> she just goes is there. Is there really a question? <laughs> so I was just going to talk about yeah. your son and the <laughs> great songs he likes to listen to. But oh, here we go. Mm. We should get to that too. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll go deep with this and, and then we'll go back to the, to that one because that's in the uh, introduction to this oh, book as yes, well. Yes, it is. Uh, so you say I feel you. Mm-hmm lending to some type of personalized relation to mm. something in this story. Tough origin stories. Yeah. Like um, a DC comic. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, going there. over here. Yeah, I like comics, so that, that hits a, 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 a joyful nerve. Thing. Yeah. Um, I, we all have complicated origin stories. Um, we, you know, we didn't arrive fully formed. We're a product of our parents and our grandparents. Whether it's environment or nature, I think I think genetics has more to do with it than we than our egos can admit. <laughs> but um, I, I do a lot of speaking events, and afterwards people say, "Wow, you're so funny." And the <laughs> the underlying thing is humor comes from emotional pain. If you've ever met a stand-up comic, they are the most depressed people on yeah. the planet because they've had torturous lives, mm-hmm. and um, humor is a way of coping. Um, Pat Conroy, an, an author I, I loved and admired, he was hilarious and like he had the most horrific childhood. Hmm. And he said the, the best thing any writer can, the, the greatest gift a writer can receive is an unhappy childhood. And hmm. Pat, for Pat, it was like Christmas every morning. Like it was just that unhappy. And so I, there's, I, I wrote that kind of acknowledging my own strange journey, but we all, it's, no one gets through life without a few scars or having their heart broken. Or if they, they do, they're not really living mm. life. Um, Agreed. So. That's what makes you the character <clears throat> you are. Mm-hmm. The good, the bad, the ugly, all the yeah. depths. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in general, it's, I mean, just just uh, on the surface, my dad was Chinese. My mom was Caucasian. They got married at a time when it was illegal for interracial 
uh, couples to get married in my mom's home state of Arkansas. So, mm. I mean, there, my origin story just logistically was complicated, <laughs> but yeah. then I had very complex parents with, um, you know, our collective ACE scores are all kind of off the register. Hmm. So, Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> The music choice didn't surprise me. Let's talk Van Halen. <laughs> you, don't, you don't realize it here, but uh, Shannon is wearing leopard print spandex. Oh, yes. Her hair is teased totally. to the, to, to the it's, sky. It's I do have like a crimper tool from like 80s style crimper? that I use. No, not still. It's new oh. that I use in my hair sometimes. Just trying you to bring see that the back. age differences yeah. there. I'm like, oh, you still have your crimper? No, it's new. It's come back. <laughs> so I do have that. No leopard spandex, though. Yeah. Are there? I think you're going to talk about Van Halen, which was relates to my son Taylor, <laughs> yeah. who is a working musician. But when he there was in high school, his sisters would straighten his hair. Oh my gosh! Because <laughs> they, they did it as an experiment one time, and it it looks so good that he would just be like, "Could you straighten my, my hair this morning?" <laughs> Don't tell anyone. My I would often dress my brother up as a girl, um, just because. <laughs> I didn't have a sister. So let's okay. explore that. Let's talk. Let's, yeah, let's, let's go there. But his hair, like I'd get to curl his hair. His hair was amazing. It would hold curl. Oh, mm-hmm. He would, my hair was not like that. And I'm like, oh, can I do your hair? And he's like, God. I mean, we did live in the middle of nowhere. It's not like anyone was going to happen into the house and see him. See that process. I mean, yeah. Our closest neighbor was 10 miles away. So it wasn't. Mm-hmm. That wasn't really the it case. It was a big risk for him there. <laughs> but he's like, I don't want you to do my hair anymore. And I'm like, fine. But it's such good hair. Mm. But um, <laughs> completely unrelevant to this conversation. The thing that I find interesting is because my husband and I were talking about this new song. New song that's on the radio by... I'm going to just completely forget this at all. But the artist is, was popular in the 70s. Mm. And so because of Stranger Things. Oh, K- Kate Bush. Yeah. Running, running up that hill. There we go. Yeah. So Kate Bush's song is now charting mm. today. And we're driving around and my husband says, because when I first heard it, I'm like, it's got these weird <laughs> 70s, 80s vibes. Is that music coming back? So then I did some research and watched the video and I'm like, the video is completely from that era as well. <laughs> Find out the song Surprise. is actually from, from that, that era, era. <laughs> which is why I'm like, oh, that makes sense. So then we're driving and my husband's like, it's a really cool song. And I'm like, yeah, it's weird that it's that old and now popular on mm-hmm. the radio. And he's like, no, it's a remake of what? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I thought he knew something I didn't. Yeah, But it's that idea that this song is now popular with younger generation and they think it's new. And then it reminded me of a moment I had with my mom and we were listening to like a Debbie Gibson song and she started singing along with it. I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, Oh, (laughs) she's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like mom, take off that tube top. (laughs) It's not the eighties. She's like, well, this is a remake. I'm like, no, it is not. Debbie Gibson does not do remakes. Like, (laughs) The original, her thought. No, it wasn't. It was a song from the 70s. So I was like, oh, this is very interesting. So then it tied me directly into like, oh, these are my people. Mm. Van Halen. Are there other moments besides your son's experience with Van Halen where you're like, huh, 
<laughs> These must be my children. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about that generational thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, these are my kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, wow. It, I mean, it's, it, I'm trying to think if, if, if it's copacetic to say this. Um, <laughs> yeah. My, my son was, you know, he had the same musical taste growing up. Now his, his musical taste sort of you know, left me in the dust. <laughs> um, but I found this interesting. I'm actually never never shared this. Um, uh-huh. oh. <clears throat> Exclusive. I mean, He's pop, you know, on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, my best friend as uh, a young boy um, growing up uh, was gay. Mm-hmm. Um, he came out years, years, years later. Um, my, both of my sons in high school, their best friends were gay. Hmm, uh, we're queer, uh-huh. um, and I was like, "Oh, we, we're just sensitive dudes yeah. that are are safe for hmm. you know a, a, yeah. queer, a queer boy in mm-hmm. high school to hang with." Um, hmm. My Taylor, his best friend in high school, came out to him oh, wow. in high school. Didn't come out until you know years after, hmm. um, and so I think you know we're we're genetically wired the same. I think. Um, that we're fairly accepting, fairly artistic, and um, you know, it's, it's it helps. Like in this day and age, for the most part, in high schools, nobody cares. Like you know, it was different when I was in high school. There was one right. kid who was out, and he was, you know, he was teased relentlessly. Hmm. Um, it's much different. It's not perfect, but it's better. Um, but I thought that was interesting that. When it comes to genetic inheritance and how we hmm. are uh, put together, there's definitely a similarity. Beyond from music choice to other yeah. characteristics. All there. elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's how, how people, like the type of friends that you have, your children m- may have very similar social structure. Hmm. Um, and I don't think that's an accident. Yeah. No. Interesting. It's... Um, I find the same thing. Like I will look at some of the behaviors and characteristics of my mom growing up. I'm thinking, oh, I'm just nothing like her. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I clearly was a- adopted or was <laughs> yeah. like my aunt gave birth to me and gave it to my mom right. to raise. Like there's just elements where you're like, how are we, mm-hmm. how are we, you know, part of this family? And now as I get older and I see certain behaviors in her, I'm like, ha, 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 that's, <laughs> That's where I get that. Like mm-hmm. you've always, sometimes I wonder like, why am I this way? And then yeah. in odd moments, in odd scenarios, I'm like, ah, this is where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my handwriting, my penmanship is identical to my dad's. Oh, wow. And my dad's been gone for 20 plus years, but yeah, it's his chicken scratch is my chicken scratch. Huh. It's, it's wild. You can set them side by side and they look identical. Hmm. Interesting. So, it's so weird. The things you don't notice. Like, no. In and, those and moments, and you have to look back and go, mm-hmm. oh. Right, and a, a handwriting analysis looked at my dad's handwriting and determined he was a serial killer. So, oh. obviously, I have so a you're tendency. Next. Oh, dear. <laughs> if we don't make it out so of the studio. So, it'll be a thriller. Yeah. Sorry, that's my next novel. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh, changing genres. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those, the, those discussions, my mind then goes to this complex question of, okay, can we break free from that then? The mm-hmm. oh the you know the the nature nope. versus nurture nope. you're gonna grow up to be your mom mindset. Deal with it. <laughs> well that's what people you, know, you hear people talk about that and then it's like okay how much can mentally i determine to be different but then my mind is shaped by my genetic upbringing so that's just where my mind goes this philosophical psychological inquiry that 
just leads you in circles of trying to figure out who you yeah. are. Yeah. So I'm just going to change topics because that's yes. what I do. <laughs> Please Awkward do. transitions. Okay. How long did it take you? How long does it take you to write a book? Oh, uh, during a pandemic year or not? <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the X factor. Good, good question. Um, all my books took different amounts of time. Mm-hmm. Um, my first book only took like three months, oh, uh, wow. which is, and it it as it's construction. It's it's a it's a lesser book to to my new book. I've just become a better writer. I've I've learned along the way. Um, that so happens. yeah, so you get better with age. You, get, like you get better, yeah. So um, this book took about two years, but one of those years was the pandemic shutdown, mm. um, and I was I travel a lot for book stuff um, and speaking gigs and things like that, and so I wasn't able to travel. So it was the first time, and I went nine months without getting on an airplane. It was mm. the longest time I stayed in one place in 10 years and wow. so because of that i was super productive um and so this book probably in a normal circumstance probably would probably have taken three years hmm. now we know from the movies you have deadlines um, <laughs> yeah from the movies yeah. <laughs> would a book take longer for you to write if you did not have like specific deadlines that you were looking to meet or yeah. are the deadlines good just, or bad for creativity can you just <laughs> get to that point where you're like yep this book is done yeah, deadlines are weird. And when I first started out with my second book, I was I was late on my deadline and I was stressed. And I was I went to a, a writing festival. There's a bunch of authors there, and I was complaining that uh, I'm, I'm I said to another guy, I said I'm I'm stressing out. I'm four weeks past my deadline, and he said four weeks. I'm four years. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're like, oh, makes oh. me feel better. <laughs> so yeah, and, and yeah. Talk, talking to my editor. My, she would always rather wait for an excellent book than to try and publish mm. something that was a rush. Oh, and unfortunately, yeah. um, you know, if you're writing something that's more formulaic, like a cozy mystery or um, something that, you know, there's some authors that are just known for kind of writing the same book over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Yeah, just a changing the people. Yeah. yeah. Um, then those editors expect a certain um, adherence to those deadlines. But with, the type of books I write, um, my, my editor knows I'm not a book a year person. I, I want mm-hmm. to be, I can't be. I just, I do too much research. It takes mm-hmm. too much time. Um, and so yeah, deadlines, they definitely stress me out, even though I know they're very flexible. I mean, currently mm-hmm. I'm way past my deadline on my second <laughs> book. Um, but the, the current book is doing so well that buys me some cover <laughs> yeah they're t- yeah, we'll give them some yeah That's i mean they're be kind leniency. of challenging to be living in the the the, the world of the current book and mm. massive popularity trying to fly however many different places you fly in one week or just since yeah. this book has come out and then also still trying to it's hard. be in the creative stages and process of trying to make another book happen yeah it looks glamorous but it's a tough and life seems hard yeah, yeah it's it can be a real I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a physically challenging book. I'm not working in a coal mine. Um, I'm not on a roof in the summertime in 105 degree weather. So don't, don't anyone feel sorry for me. Um, But it's not, 
easy when yeah. someone's like, okay, write something that um, not only will people pay money for, but hopefully they will buy as <laughs> yeah. a gift for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. And I, you know, you try to be an artist and do your own thing, but it's hard to ignore the economic reality of, um, mm. it's a of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So how many, how have you even kept track of how many, cause I, I follow mm. you on your social accounts and it seems like every other day you're scheduled for somewhere new, <laughs> flying back from somewhere new, posting an airport picture of some kind. <laughs> yeah. What has that journey, kind of the press tour, if you will, Ooh. been like, um, since this book has come out? Um, this book was better. Um, I mean, part of it is with my last book, I traveled more, but the book wasn't doing as well. Mm. And so oh. that, is painful it's <laughs> i my my agent hates it when i use this metaphor but i was like it felt like i'm delivering a stillborn baby oh every night for six it weeks it seems like she hates the metaphor yeah. <laughs> yeah i know i'm a writer i mean yeah. it creates the correct picture yeah yeah but it but it definitely it, yeah it illustrates the picture this one um i did 26 cities in about six weeks but the book was doing so well that mm-hmm. um even on my worst day the book still gives me reason to smile yeah. um and um, yeah, no, I mean, the first book tour was super romantic because I've never been on one. I yeah. didn't know what this was like. And yes, my publisher pays for these things and they arrange for all your travel. Um, but it is, it is, a, it can be, the reality is I would, you know, get up at four, catch a plane at, you know, seven, land someplace at 11, um, have someone pick me up. We would drive around to 10 bookstores, sign stock, get to my hotel at three, you know, kind of catch up on emails, be at a bookstore at five, be there signing books, doing stuff till nine, get back to the hotel, go to bed and get up at four again. Mm. And and it's a different city every single night. Um, And so you can see how it it can just lose its glamour. (laughs) Well, so glad to be here, Cleveland and here in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, and I imagine it's the similar as you are probably mm-hmm. repeating on the mm-hmm. podcast, similar questions, conversations, thing, things yeah. you're kind of regurgitating yeah, every I, day in a new city. <laughs> it, it is. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, there's certain things I'm, I'm happy to talk about, but whenever someone has a really interesting question or I love visiting high schools and colleges because often kids will ask just wildly unfiltered things mm. and that's so much fun so, yeah like, and people have <laughs> yeah. no idea what's coming. Uh-huh. Yeah. And my hosts are like, okay, are there some things you don't want to talk about? And I'm like, Please, no. Let them ask whatever they want because it, mm-hmm. it makes it really surprising. Yeah. And speaking of schools, mm-hmm. I know with your, your debut novel, Hotel yeah. in the Corner, Bitter and Sweet, it's become, there's educational guides, there's yeah. pictures on your website of wow. kids in the classroom reading this book. It's become- I'm homework. A teachable, <laughs> yes, your homework and Sorry, everyone kids. loves you for it. Yeah. Uh, what, why, why do you feel like that book has mm. become such an educational piece for, for students as well? I mean, it's it has history, mm-hmm. um, so it's found its way into history curriculum. It's multicultural. Um, it's I, <laughs> I'm I'm in a in a book club. Uh, shout out to all my book club <laughs> friends, um, and about half the guys are are high school English teachers, mm. and they have these moments at the tail end of summer where school's about to begin, and they're like. I cannot teach a scarlet letter the 16th time, you know? <laughs> and so teachers are allowed certain uh, leeway with contemporary novels. And I've just been fortunate that this book has been 
chosen. It, it, some teachers had read it just for pleasure, thought it would work on a summer reading list, and then it's become required reading in a bunch of states, wow. um, which is wild. I think, I mean, there's a lot, of, a lot of things that are going on. It's, it has young protagonists that always works well in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, it's multicultural. It's got history. Um, it's, 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 it's a G-rated book, really, mm-hmm. um, and that, um, that makes it easy for school districts to adopt it because mm-hmm. they're not suddenly going to have that one person show up at a school council meeting and, um, you know, just <laughs> ban wa- this yeah, book. Yes. wanting mm-hmm. to burn a book that they haven't read, <laughs> yeah. which is always a compelling always argument. Is that maybe an honor if you end up on a banned book list <laughs> at some point? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's I mean, the it's, direction yeah. he's headed. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. About book seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for this new book to get banned somewhere. Okay. It, it has, con- I mean, it's nothing I and mean, it's very tame compared to the books that are causing some parents to absolutely lose their minds, mm-hmm. but those same parents will find everything, sure, um, and and want to ban mm-hmm. you know everything. Um, so I hope they do because it, oh. it will generate tremendous sales. So you thank go. you, you have to ban it. <laughs> thank you in advance for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it always... We'll s- we'll start the platform to get rid of it in every yeah, opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> it has the exact opposite effect that they want. Yeah, which yeah. is ridiculous. Which is, it it's just yeah. so juvenile mm-hmm. that they go about it that way. But hey, so your four um, four books, current books that are yeah. <laughs> that are out right now and available. Yeah. If someone wants to read all of your books. Mm-hmm. Do you recommend they they start with Hotel and mm. move to your current book? Do you have a mm. suggested order, or if they were to pick, you know, their their one to, one to start with, what would you recommend? I <laughs> <laughs> I'd recommend the new book, okay, because um, I think it's me at my best, mm. and then they can compare. Um, <laughs> I don't know if if they're a purist and they want to go. You know, it's like the Beatles. Start they want to finish. start with the the early uh-huh. albums and work their way up to the White Album. Cool, I get that. Yeah, um, but I. I tend to fall in love with my most recent book, mm-hmm. um, and that's this one. So until I really get the the other book I'm working on, you know, on the shelves, <laughs> this will be the one that I point people to. Gotcha. Um, and I don't know the book that's really near and dear to my heart is Songs of Willow Frost. Mm-hmm. It's my my uh, forgotten stepchild of a book. <laughs> um, that because it followed Hotel, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of vanished into the ether um that's got to be so just a <laughs> mind like bender for child. You. Yeah. yeah yeah it debuted at number 11 on the new york times bestseller list and oh. it felt like failure because mm. the sales metrics could never compare um but i that that book is probably more personal than all my books mm-hmm. so I, I, I like I have a special spot in my dark heart for that <laughs> book you seem so normal yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, being part of a book club as a writer, that's got to be fun and interesting. <laughs> yeah. Who just, are some just, of your favorite authors? Just, just oh. being in a book club, not as an author is awesome yeah. and interesting. Um, who are some of my favorite authors? Yeah. Uh, I mentioned Pat Conroy. Love Pat Conroy. Um, Harlan Ellison. Um, he very popular in the sixties and seventies. I, one of his books was banned oh. when I was an, a kid and I immediately went to the public library, checked it out, Got and it. read it, and that was the book that made me want to be a writer. Mm. And so, yeah, don't ban books. You're you're going to create the opposite it's, effect of what mm-hmm. you want. You're just going to create more authors. Um, <laughs> I, I love Nothing Harlan. Nothing bad about that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Harlan passed away a number of years ago. But before he passed, um, once I had a little bit of writing success, um, you know, I I I'm not really a material person, so I'm, I don't 
I didn't like, let's go buy a Porsche or something. Mm-hmm. I contacted Harlan. I bought his first typewriter. And so, oh my ooh. gosh, what a special yeah. treasure. Yeah, so it was, that was kind of a special thing for um, for both of us, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, Jason Mott has a has a fantastic, his, his book, Hell of a Book, just won the National Book Award. And I just, I love that book. Um, but there's some contemporary authors that, you know, their stuff is not necessarily super deep, but it's so compellingly entertaining. Mm. Um, like like Colleen Hoover is a mm-hmm. mega bestseller. I love her stuff, mm-hmm. and I get it. I understand why people just, you know, I understand why five of the top ten bestselling books are all Colleen Hoover books because <laughs> she's doing a lot of things wow. right, and she's making a lot of people happy. Laughing over there. When you're not reading books or writing books mm-hmm. or sitting <laughs> aimlessly at the dog park <laughs> or staring. having your book club ask your opinion because you're the author in the group yeah oh trust trust me my, my book club does not regard me as an no. author oh, no at all. Yeah. yeah no okay. i'm just another I dude am. that's good are there are there book selections where you're like come on people this is stupid. <laughs> uh, my, my book my book club they're there's beer involved with it, there, correct? Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. called Books and Brews. Love it. Um, we have a logo that Eric designed. That's right. We have nice. t-shirts. But the books that they generally vote on are way above my reading level. Books mm. that I would not ordinarily <laughs> pick up. I, I, I like Paige Turner's contemporary yeah. books, and they will pick something like, we're going to read Herzog. It won the Nobel Prize in 1962. Oh, my goodness. It very uh, academic Heavy books, yeah, yeah. which is good because they kind of drag me into the deep end of the pool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when you're not doing all of those things, um, you mentioned you were drawn to Montana because of the outdoors. What are the things you love to do besides? Oh, I don't even think we discussed this yet. What are the things you like to do? Yeah. What, what are the things I'd like to do? <laughs> Here in our great outdoors communities. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things I love about Great Falls is I tell people, you know, if they want to move to Great Falls, they're, they're, they don't live in Great Falls. They live in Montana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you live in Missoula, you're kind of in that community. You live in Bozeman, you're kind of in that community. In Great Falls, you have access to the whole state. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just... It's and because of that, I love going to Glacier. Uh, I love hiking the Rocky Mountain Front. Um, I love, you know, putting my kayak in the Missouri River. Yeah. Um, th- those kind of things. I mean, I tried fly fishing. I tried hunting. I tried upland bird <laughs> hunting. Um, and I'm just not great at any <laughs> of those things. Hey, I tried it once. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't my thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I shot a pheasant. I shot a deer. Um, I broke a very expensive fly rod in half oh, um, no. in a car door, <laughs> a, a truck door. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that was the sign from the Makes gods sense. saying, yeah, just <laughs> don't. This, this is not your thing, This Jamie. is not your thing. Um, and so, yeah, hiking, kayaking, uh, camping. Um, in the wintertime, a group of friends, and it's really, they're the ones that are behind this every year, but they 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 book a forest service cabin. Um, oh, fine. We, and we ski in. And then spend like a week there, and it's oh, no great. electricity, no running water. Oh my god, that um, sounds perfect. A couple years ago, it was forty below, Ooh. and the first night it only got to forty degrees in the cabin. Oh my gosh, because it's a, a wood stove yeah. that takes a while to get going. Oh yeah. So yeah, we all slept in our Ooh. ski gear, <laughs> hats and gloves in our sleeping bags. Uh-huh. Um, and when you yeah, you spend a whole night having to go outside and chop wood at forty below. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a real 
It's a Montana experience. <laughs> oh, it's right a real, there. sure yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, real manly Earn moment. Your stripes. Yeah. Was the uh, the bathroom outside as well in the middle it, of the night? It was. Mm-hmm. There was an outhouse. Um, and what we did was I had a pair of heavy wool socks that we put on the toilet seat. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that's brilliant. And if yeah. you don't mind sacrificing your socks for the week. It, it, yeah. 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 And so that's <laughs> been kind of a thing. Now every time we go we bring an extra pair of socks uh-huh. that sort of sleeve up over the yeah. the apparatus there. And uh that's smart. It it was a game changer. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. Wow. Um and you disc golf. Uh, yeah, disc yeah. golf. I mean, disc golf is, it's right there. It's across it the street is. from where we are right now. Um, one of the two courses one that of currently two. One, of yes. the, one of the two mm-hmm. courses. And honestly, when there's a there's a great bluegrass uh, band from, uh, from Montana. Um, a couple of the guys are from Great Falls, uh, Laney Lou and the Bird Dogs. Okay. Mm-hmm. When yeah. they travel, they bring discs and and that's that's like the one thing they can all agree on as a band (laughs) and so they just because they're you know they're they're playing in the evenings um when they get there after they do a sound check they have hours to kill so they play disc golf all over the country that's cool Mm -hmm. yeah and that's kind of what got me into it got us into it and now when i travel i have a couple discs and so i when i have time you know, I'll play disc golf in Indiana and Illinois and Pennsylvania. That's fine. Well, and discs are a little bit easier to travel with than clubs. Totally. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and, but truth be told, the course here is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so it's interesting. What we've heard. All the level changes. Mm-hmm. It's super challenging. And the views from and up there. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's the best views in town. Mm-hmm. So, um, aside from maybe up at the airport. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm playing again this afternoon nice <laughs> love so, it yeah we're trying to get as much playing time in before the snow hits mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that makes sense because it should have already been here the snow yeah this and weekend yeah but yeah for real possibly yeah yeah i pay no attention to the weather <laughs> i'm married to a meteorologist so i know occasionally i find <laughs> out things yeah <laughs> I mean, we watch the news. Robert, my husband, watches the news all the time. He's like, oh, the weather's going to be like this. I'm like, eh, like 80% of the time, they're not correct. So okay. I don't I real pay attention. Defend, like, nah. That's true. It's directional. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fine. He doesn't love the joke where people are like, oh, it's the one job you can yeah. be wrong 90% of the time and still keep it. But there are so many times he'll plan his weekend based on what the weather's going to be, and then the weather doesn't do that. Yeah. Well, we do live in. Montana. Great Falls, Montana. You yeah. got to be ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm ready. I'm ready for anything. Yes. Mm-hmm. I look outside the window and that's what it's going to be like. Yeah. Yeah. Truth be told, I don't really think that much in advance about the weather anymore. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> for better or worse. What else do we have? What else? Well, what is the dumbest question oh. you get asked? <laughs> was it was it or in this podcast? One? It was just asked <laughs> was, to me. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Like the one you get asked all the time and you're like, ugh. Oh, and, and you smile yeah. and you answer it, but it's like, come I'm up. Tired with... of that question. I mean, it's not a dumb. It's not a dumb I, a question. It's a reasonable question, but people always ask, like, where do your ideas come from? Mm. Um, Harlan <gasps> Ellison, the author that I mentioned, yeah. he used to always say Schenectady. And they're like, what? And he's like, yeah, Schenectady, New York. There's a idea service. You send them twenty bucks a month. <laughs> they send you a six pack of fresh ideas. That's fantastic. And invariably, someone would be like. Can I get the address? For that? <laughs> um, Perfect. Yeah. So there's questions like, um, I don't know. I I don't really mind the questions because mm-hmm. it's by the yeah. time I'm answering questions, it's it's like I describe it. Th- this part of 
the publishing cycle, it's like blowing your birthday candles out again and again every night. <laughs> it's so easy. It's so enjoyable. You get a little winded, but that's the worst of it. Mm-hmm. Writing the book is the hard part. So anything that comes in the touring part, it's just, it's fun. It's a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Even though it can be a grind at times, it's never something I really complain about. That's part of the job. I just realized you actually have an agent and we didn't prob- multiple, multiple agents. We probably didn't go through an agent to book him. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, no. no, no one does. That's okay. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking it's huh, probably pu- a process that yeah. we oh, did no. not follow. I, I do have a publicist and, and that's usually how it goes. But even still we live in, I don't know, an age of uh, profound accessibility because of social media. So mm-hmm. I just get, I get requests all the time directly and that's just normal. Well, thanks for taking my direct request. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually your colleague woke me up the other night <laughs> yeah, at two in the morning. Like, hey, excuse me. <laughs> Shannon sent you an email. Reaching yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, you see, um, I've heard stories. They're not, they're not oh, big tell me, stories. Tell me. Yeah. tell me. You know, of uh, famous people who are like, oh, I can't sign that brand of oh, baseball card or yeah. something oh, weird like so that to things. Yeah. um that, that exists mm-hmm. um i so. sometimes i'll go to a bookstore and i'll do an event and then they're like okay would you sign stock and i'm like the fact that you're asking me that question means someone said no oh. right? like like who doesn't sign books like would you sign your paperbacks because some authors only sign hardbacks they only oh, sign their most current book i know i'm like what <laughs> you're an author that's this is what you do sign, right. sign sign the damn book it's huh. like how do you say no to that yeah that's i would just if if i had any talent uh, at all <laughs> Me in too. any area like i would just be so stoked other people were, were excited wanting, about it yeah yeah Mm-hmm. And I, you know, part of me would want to be a diva and be like, oh, I'm sorry. My hand is so tired. You're going to have to go through. <laughs> but in all reality, I'm not going to be because I'm just going to be giddy over that the fact that somebody about what you've want, yeah. Yeah, let- wants to spend time with me. Mm-hmm. That's not my husband. <laughs> <laughs> or my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Literary fame is a very specific type of fame in mm. that... Um, for the most part, it's on your own terms, which is great because, like, I have a couple of book festivals coming up, one in uh, Austin, one in Miami. And there, people, you know, they wait in line, they take photos with you. It's really cool. But then we can go home and there's no paparazzi and no one cares. <laughs> um, but you also have moments that remind you that you're wildly unfamous still. Um, <laughs> I did an event in, in Seattle. It was a, a fundraiser, and they had authors it was a big gala and so they had like one or two authors at every table and they had a big speaker and they had all of our books on the table and they were all signed and it was one of those things where you know they look under your placemat or something like that and if you have the little star oh, you get sure. all the signed books and the people at our table no one wanted our books <laughs> oh no what yeah and it was oh it was God. the year uh sherman alexi won the national book awards his books there and he's like you know he got into some trouble later, but it was all these, he was at the time was like one of the most famous authors in the mm-hmm. country. And, you know, the people who bought the table, they, it was, you know, like a, a financial firm that just as part of their donation bought a table, sent some employees, their employees don't read. We're, as soon as I sat down, I'm like, what do you like to read? And they're like, yeah, we don't read. I'm like, don't you read anything? I'm like, yeah, maybe like, golf. What are you doing here? Golf yeah. magazines. <laughs> oh my 
Saline magazines and <laughs> comic <I'm> like, book. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I looked at Sherman. We both looked at each other like, this is this gonna is not be our painful. crowd. Yeah. And yeah. And so you have those moments where people are just like, you can sell like a zillion books and they're still like, uh, mm, are, not interested. What are books? Yeah. No. So <laughs> it's a good feeling. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, <laughs> you, you, you meet the people that they say, like at a party, like, I haven't read a book since high school. Mm-hmm. And they say that like they're bragging like a, yeah. like a badge of honor yeah mm-hmm. and i'm like you, you, you don't realize how that's being perceived right <laughs> like, like even people who good. aren't avid readers look at people like that and go You're like eh, eh, that's not a good luck share yeah 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 it's... like you should at least read a book about your profession to try and be better <laughs> what you do yeah be, being un, unlearned <laughs> is not like a badge of honor don't right be um, that. It, don't be like that yeah. i mean and granted i'm a self-taught writer so i don't have a degree in english or creative writing or anything like that um and but i still read books <laughs> right mm-hmm. yeah. i read all kinds of books mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. uh speaking of books our local yeah. bookstore cassiopeia um Love because em. we'll have a, an announcement here as we're wrapping up the podcast um you're doing that announcement right sure okay thanks oh, oh I, I should add <laughs> sure. since we're talking about bookstores yes um i went to book expo a couple years ago it's this, the largest book thing in the u.s it's in new york and they put out a like a newspaper for the for the festival every year and, and it has factoids and stuff and it had a list of the top 10 uh states that that had the highest number of bookstores per capita uh-huh. Ooh. montana was number one <gasps> really so we have more bookstores per capita than any other state in the country. wow That's that amazing. is a badge of honor wow yeah, yeah. that's amazing I, I would just, not have guessed that. One of the things that we have had like media in or writers that are in, people who are writers for a living, they get giddy over the fact that we still have a local bookstore. Mm-hmm. We've got a great local bookstore. Yeah. I, I mean, we have a Barnes & Noble, but mm-hmm. Cassiopeia is doing a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. Anytime I go to a bookstore where the people are like, you need to read this author and this is the kind of thing they write and this is like they can pick out a book on a shelf Mm -hmm. in their entire store and know about the book. I can only do that at my house right? on my bookshelf of the things I've bought and read. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, well, this is a good one. Mm -hmm. They can do it for the whole store. And that just is amazing to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a good indie bookstore is amazing. There, There is, I mean... What a, what a good indie bookstore will do is they, they know their clientele, they know their customers, and then when they get these catalogs of books that they have to order, they will order books specifically for individual people. So mm-hmm. when they come in, they're like, reach behind the counter and say, okay, I have a I perfect book for you. you. I ordered this. You liked this book. I think you'll like this one. Here you go. Wow. And they don't have to buy it. You know, they don't, like, they don't want it to go on the shelf. But yeah. good bookstores do that, mm-hmm. and you don't get that from Amazon. No. I'm also going to plug, not necessarily for our travelers, because Mm -hmm. I can't imagine you'd check a book out and then return it in the time you're on vacation, (laughs) but our public library is pretty amazing as well. Yeah. Our public library is great, and it's wildly underfunded. Mm -hmm. Um, So... uh, Write some checks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, (laughs) the, the, the thing is... Of all the major communities in Montana, we spend the least amount on our public library. Oh, By, yeah. I mean, it's not even close. Like oh, if, there wow. was, if there was a top 10 list, there would be five cities and then blanks and it would be number 11. <sighs> wow. Like oh. we spend a ridiculously low amount on our public library. Hmm. Um, and I've, you know, I've, 
uh, yeah. Every, everyone, <laughs> if you, if, if you want to, yeah, go to a go to a, a, a commission meeting sometimes when they mm-hmm. talk about the library, and it's like it's an afterthought. Mm. So. Thanks for uh, the education on that. Because yes, I was just I at a meeting with that. Susie McIntyre, and I think the world of her. Susie's mm-hmm. amazing, but she's, you know, we are, it's, every community has this battle between, like, do we want uh, educational Police. materials <laughs> or do we want, uh, you know, more jail cells? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a correlation between the sure. two. Um, huge correlation. Mm-hmm. Huge correlation. Yeah, hey, that's a great idea for a book. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And then it can get banned because it'll be controversial. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's hard comparing you know uh, police services and fire departments to. Yeah. Well, I think, everybody's underfunded, but right. on the average, Great Falls, we have some work to do there. Mm-hmm. And we'll keep working on yes. that. But and the library is pretty good. It is. And there are events, whether you don't necessarily have to check out a book while you're visiting, but there are events that our yes. public library does that visitors can Well, and of. the really cool thing, I don't know if it's public, and maybe Susie will call me later and be like, why are you doing that? Um, <laughs> but they're instrumental in bringing back Shakespeare in the Park for us mm, as a oh community. Good. That's awesome. Good, good. Which, um, you know, Shakespeare was kind of a big writer back oh, in the day. Yeah. Well, Bill um, Shakespeare, yeah. And then a lot of stuff then turned into plays. People watch that. <laughs> then some of them even turned into movies. I'm like, mm. yeah, he's had a pretty good career. I'd say she, uh, whatever. That's <laughs> 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 right. Isn't isn't that the artist that William Shakespeare was the pen name? And am I making this oh. up? I think I think the idea is that Shakespeare was actually a bunch of people. Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Some stuff that I catch mean, in th- passing. Th- there was a, a real Shakespeare, but there were probably a bunch of collaborators that uh-huh. never uh, got the spotlight. Intriguing. So yes. thanks to them. Yeah. Um, but back to Cassiopeia. Yes. Been fantastic. They're featured in our Montana Base Camp Guide as mm-hmm. places to get local good products mm-hmm. um, because there are tons of local writers, um, yes. Montana writers, and, and we love to showcase that mm-hmm. um, because... Why wouldn't you want to take a piece of Jamie home with you? <laughs> right. From his home. Yes. Well, well Cassiopeia is great because they have, I mean, they have guidebooks and trail mm-hmm. books and hiking books and yep. and books on wildflowers and birds and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So if you were here for any kind of recreational outdoors reason, um, they've got maps, they got everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you get to do, you get to come home and you do events mm-hmm. at Cassiopeia where you, We're where so you read. We're so lucky for that. We yeah. are. What, what, is, what is that like coming home and doing <sighs> an event at Cassiopeia? It's the best because yeah. I get to, you know, I can just go home and sleep, sleep in, in your own, own bed. bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's people, friends are there. Mm-hmm. It's um, families there. It's, 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 it's the best. Is your spiel different? At home versus at other places? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Th- I, I tend to talk about more personal things because mm. more people there know me personally. And I'm also, I'm really off the radar for my publicist. <laughs> so I can say whatever. Uh, it's, yeah. it's never going to mm-hmm. get back to yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> publicist isn't flying in for that event. Yeah. yeah. If I'm doing something in New York City and they're there with me. Yeah. And I'm, you know, they're monitoring. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just waiting <laughs> just to make sure I don't say something that's going to be. Um, burn the world down <laughs> yeah. on social media or something like that. Um, yeah, ruin everyone's life. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking too. So I have a question. We've talked. We've mentioned numerous times you're a New York Times bestseller, but you have <laughs> been awarded many other awards. Sure. Are there ones that that mean the most to mm. you, or that you think are you know you hear New York Times bestseller mm. a lot, but that are other awards you've received that are less you know undervalued compared to 
to that title. And is there an actual award? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like it goes no on kidding. your shelf. Maybe the prettiest one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the whole New York Times bestselling thing, um, it's a love-hate thing. Sure. Because it's a curated list. So it's based on sales and mm. also they have their finger on the scale. And they no one knows their exact formula. Yeah. But that's that's kind of the high water mark so mm -hmm. we have to live by their rules and anytime i make the list that's that's it i'm happy i think my publisher is more happy because <laughs> they 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 just they I get something from that yeah it's it's uh it's i'm, I'm, I'm a horse that they're betting on um, yeah and that means they mm. they fin they can you know they're gonna win yeah um I won an Asian American Award for Literature for my first book. Um, I'm hoping this new book will be considered for that. There's mm -hmm. a couple other awards that I mean, were they're nice. Mm -hmm. I, I do, you know, have the awards. They send you something. I don't really physical award. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't put them on my wall or anything. They're just uh -huh. kind of in a closet. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why. I just it's not. I don't need to like look at my awards and maybe they're not pretty enough <laughs> yeah i mean there is a difference between like the wooden plaque mm -hmm. with the metal mm -hmm. imprint mm -hmm. we've gotten some really cool sponsor thank yous which are completely not the same mm. i get that that's like people are like <laughs> talk about their kids and they're like oh yeah i have a dog um but there's been some creative effort in putting forward yeah. in some of the thank yous of which we've mm -hmm. put on display because they're like locally made mm -hmm. and they're yeah. really neat but we don't we don't put up the plaques that I, just have metal on them. Yeah, <laughs> FYI, it's, it's, it's <laughs> a more future people. <laughs> it's a more interesting discussion piece if it's a an ironically repurposed bowling trophy or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> um, then you know a fancy, you know, in you know engraved piece of crystal sure. or something like that. Yeah. Um, what uh, Simon and Schuster does is they send their authors who make the bestseller list. Uh, it's a framed cover and then a framed oh the, the list with the book highlighted. Oh, so that's it's kind neat. of like if you. You know, it's gold like the, record. It's a gold record equivalent, yeah. and so um, huh. that I have in my office. That's neat. Um, yeah. Mainly because I I just had a blank wall. Wall. I, I had yeah. this this space where it would fit. The madness perfectly. wall. It's not on the madness wall. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what what happened is I do so many zooms now that mm. I needed like, a good backdrop. I needed a good yeah. backdrop. Yeah. So <laughs> on a wall that was just messy, I put stuff so it yeah. looks like I'm. A responsible human yeah. um, that wears pants on a regular yeah. basis. Nice. Um, uh, even though you won't see that on Zoom. Nope. Right. Nope. Right. Got to give off that perception. Um, yeah. But, that, but that's kind of a cool thing. It's it's, yeah. it's the gold record equivalent, and that's nice. Um, that is cool. But mm -hmm. for the most part, I don't. It's like I just I just like the I just like writing. Mm -hmm. Everything else is is secondary. Mm. We have. Um, not not even in the same vein, but we have the um, hand-stamped wallpaper that is currently in the C.M. Russell house after oh. they did the historic remodel. Huh. We have the two pieces, a piece of each of the types of wallpaper that are in that house. Here or in your yes. house? No, here. Oh. And I Wait, so, in this building? Yes, in this building. I've never seen that. I know. <laughs> and I want to do like a creative yeah. Yeah, you should. display because mm -hmm. we've also got a cardboard cut out of Charlie. Like <laughs> yeah. I want to, I mean, it's not, wallpaper isn't something you would normally do, but it is such an interesting piece yeah. to be able to talk about. Like oh, yeah. do a wall with this <laughs> with that. wallpaper. Yeah, we need to. And I know where I can get some more. This is just a small piece. Like it would go in a picture frame and you'd mm -hmm. hang it up. Yeah. But 
it is just a really neat thing to have and I want to be able to utilize it some way and I, it's like you build it up and you're like I got to do something some, really cool with this yeah. and every idea you have is stupid <laughs> well i'm gonna go get a frame from short. hobby lobby right yeah <laughs> put it in there or this doesn't seem like enough it's, no it's a piece of history it's really mm-hmm. it's important uh, my my third book love another constellation prizes much of it's set in a famous brothel in seattle mm-hmm. uh the building is now a men's rescue mission oh. so it's been repurposed yeah and the basement is a free dental clinic and they left the, it were, there was hand-painted wallpaper from the 20s wow and one wall still has it. They just, oh, that's And it, so it cool. looks like like wallpaper you would find in a brothel, brothel. in the twenties. It's like red, wow. and velvety, and perfect. Um, but it's so cool to see it. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, if those walls could talk. Oh my goodness! Yeah. But they do in your book. Yes, they, <laughs> they do. do. Yeah. <laughs> that's where they come to life. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Jamie, anything else? We, I mean, we could talk a long time. I mean, oh. we could talk about a lot of things. Is there anything you? Oh. Ooh, no, I've got out. nothing. Oh, she was reaching for no. an index card, and I was like, "Oh, is there a I'm just fidgeting. question on there?" Please, please don't. Anything no. else Pay you no want attention people to, me. to know? Um, anything else people know? Uh, you can find me. Your address at, at, for yeah. backyard <laughs> barbecues. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the Fox Farm area. <laughs> yes. uh, look for the red door. Um, I have I have had people knock on my door. Really? Sign books. Yeah, that's that's okay. That's gotta be unnerving. Uh, they're they. Yeah, there. But I've also had drunk people at, knock on my door at <laughs> two in the morning, accidentally, mm-hmm. and then ask for a ride to the gas station. So you know, which question mm. do you like better? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which feels less intrusive? Yeah. yeah, as long as it's during normal, normal business hours. hours yeah. Uh, That's funny. Yeah, I mean, it's only happened yeah. twice. Um, well, still, you're just you know one step away from misery happening. <laughs> yeah, right. At your home. Mm-hmm. Hopefully your wife comes home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Saves you. Where can people find oh. you, your things, your books, your oh, yeah. socials, all of that? Yeah, you can find me um, on Instagram at Jamie Ford and on Twitter at Jamie Ford, on Facebook, <laughs> The Normal Places. Um, find my books anywhere you buy books. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no, I think it was Neil Gaiman who said there's no wrong way to buy books but the best way is through an independent bookstore Mm -hmm. and ours is Cassiopeia here in town Mm -hmm. whether you're a resident or a visitor it's the place to go really easy to find now did I hear maybe Shannon was telling me a lie but (laughs) you voiced part of the audio book for this Mm. no no I I didn't tell you that okay (laughs) (laughs) that's why I said maybe like I I said there is an audio book yeah and I remember that part of the conversation yeah, th- if I, I you're said not, that, I didn't. Okay. I read the author's note. I read the acknowledgements. So I end up oh, reading. So like, he's there. Like yeah. Okay. T- Twelve pages or something. But uh, the cool thing about the audiobook for the for the many daughters of Afang Moy is it's an ensemble. So they have seven voice actresses. Mm. So every character has a different voice. Oh. Um, Were you is, part of that selection process for the voices? Um, you. I mean, generally, what happens is they will send. They're like, okay, this is who we're, we think we think we're casting for this, and. I think my second book was the only one where I was like, I really don't like that one. And they, mm. they switch. But for the most part, these are all professional actors. Mm-hmm. And doing audiobooks is kind of a side hustle. There, there's a couple yeah. of people that are just, they just exclusively do audiobooks because they're just wildly talented performers. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of them are, are in the book. Um, but when you're creating these characters, I think... And we, we hear it time and time again. I read this book and then they turned it into a movie. And, and it's not at <laughs> yeah. all who And these I aren't the people I thought they were. Yeah. But you, when you're creating those characters, you have to have an image of what they sound like mm-hmm. and what they look like. And 
So that's got to be a little disruptive when yeah. they actually come to life and you're like, ooh, ooh that's not what I pictured. <laughs> yeah. These are not my people. Yeah. But I, I don't I don't listen to my audiobooks. Mm. Um, oh, okay. For for this one I skimmed through it just so I could hear each in mm. each distinct voice and then I was like, okay, that's cool. That's working. I like this. <laughs> um, and it's a big deal when a publisher does an ensemble cuz it's really expensive and it, it's kind of a sign that they're, you know, they're putting, they believe in it. That they believe in it. Mm-hmm. And so that was yeah, it was I um I haven't listened to the whole thing, but I've had lots of emails and things from people who uh, have and uh, really enjoyed it. They really are betting on this horse. They're yeah. betting on that horse, yeah. <laughs> Which you can do every summer in Great Falls yeah. at the horse racing. Oh, well, yes, there you go. Speaking of, um, the, the, book, the book club I'm in, uh, in the summer we try to have a book that's kind of a field trip. And so, yeah, we read a book called Lean on Pete by Willie Vlotten. He's an Oregon author, but the whole book is set in and around horse racing. So we had our meeting at the track. Was that the first time you'd been to horse racing? What's that? Was it the first time you'd been to horse racing? Oh, no, I'd been to, I'd been to the track in Seattle uh, before. Mm -hmm. Um, But, um, and one of the guys in the club is uh, in... I guess it's the jockey club. That's kind of the, the boosters mm-hmm. okay. horse racing yep. in Great Falls. Yeah. But yeah, it was great for all of us to meet there. We can eat nachos and drink beer <laughs> and talk about the book and then yeah. lose money yeah. $2 <laughs> at a time. There you go. Um, it was a sad thing that I had to admit, but my first time going to horse racing was the summer. And mm-hmm. I bet on the ponies and I was successful. And I told my husband, I'm pulling the mortgage on the house. <laughs> I'm betting the house on this, doing that good. <laughs> Wow. You know, it's fun when you bet two to five dollars mm-hmm. or it's ten. Totally you're fun. not losing or a lot. You go to the edge and you're like, I'm going to do 20 bucks on yeah. this. Mm-hmm. And then you win and you're like, oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can do this professionally. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> For a few races every summer in Great Falls. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great way to spend a summer afternoon, mm-hmm. even if you're not, not there for the whole day. Just Yeah. It is yeah. really fun. And just listening to people like the the seasoned horse oh, yeah. people tell you the stories of like the you always <laughs> bet on the gray horse and you uh-huh. always you know this is what you're looking for and i'm like okay like and then they work like the, <laughs> those tips work and everyone has a different thing I, mm-hmm. I, I bet i bet on the jockeys so uh-huh. there'll be a certain jockey and i will bet on that jockey mm-hmm. all day that seems smart yeah yeah i grew up with a kid that um is the trainer and owner of some of the racehorses. Okay. So I always bet on his horses, mm-hmm. and they've done very well. Oh, so hey. thank you, Buckshot. Well, that works out. Yeah. <laughs> so Funny. tune back for our racing tips. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Next summer, we'll talk about that. Next episode. Yes. Okay, so we want to wrap up. We do have, uh, we have a book from Cassiopeia. Cool. Your newest release that we will be giving away. <gasps> yes, Jamie, what? it will be a personalized... Cool. signed copy part of a giveaway that we're doing and not just his signature it's going to be like you're going to know it comes from from this, this episode yes because it has horse racing tips <laughs> yes jamie's, jamie's personal yeah. horse racing and, tips. and my address it'll yeah. be on page 220 <laughs> yes in margins mm. so look for that <sighs> yes but for your chance to win a giveaway here in honor of our 100th episode 100 of these bad boys yes what mm. we want you to do you have to have made it to this point in the episode <laughs> oh, to start with this is a bad deal so share so this will be a post that exists on social media mm. share our post tag visit great falls and you'll be entered for your chance to win yeah 
Mm-hmm. You'll have had to have listened to this episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, congratulations. You made it. You've done it. Yes. We Second, thank you. Um, you're going to have to share the podcast. Mm-hmm. This tag, pod, the podcast post. Yes. You're going to tag Visit Great Falls. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what platform you nope. do. Any of our social. So we'll say uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Okay. Because yep. I don't think you can actually share on YouTube. You can maybe comment. You can do weird things. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. So I find the episode mm-hmm. from our channel. I share it and I tag us. Mm-hmm. And then I have a chance to win the 100th episode signed Personalized book. Jamie Ford book. Yes. Well, that seems like a pretty generous yeah. thing for us to do. <laughs> sure. Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for making dreams come true. Yes. So look for that. Well, it's been a blast having you on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And to help us celebrate 100 episodes. That's a milestone. That's a big it deal. It is. It is. We we started this. Um, we we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> we have a little bit better of an idea what we're doing now. But, but um, I'm new and I'm still trying to figure yeah. out what we're doing. So That's the beginning of every great success story. I'm just... Um, we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. And then now <laughs> we're on top of Mount Everest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just the on-air talent. Uh, Shannon is actually the person who knows everything. Um, oh, so there's no pressure that. there. That's not true. <laughs> not true. <laughs> um, so we look forward to stalking you later. Um, having Excellent. you back. <laughs> having you Show back. J- Rebecca I'm, will be showing up yeah. in your house next. Mm-hmm. Ch- changing my locks today. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Yeah, probably smart. Um, yeah. And thank you for being a resident of Great Falls. Yes. And thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, Great Falls is awesome. I, yeah. I I don't know, it's funny. People, when I travel, people often like, oh, do you live in Bozeman or Missoula? And I'm like, no, I live in, I live Great, in Great Falls. Falls. It's And I prefer Great Falls. Mm-hmm. But those are wonderful communities. Yeah. But um, as far as accessibility to all the cool things in the state, this is the best place to be. Because at this point, basking in your glory, you could live <laughs> anywhere you wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, when my first book took off, I'd run into people at like Albertsons, and they're like, "You're still here!" Like, yeah. like, like, you like didn't a, leave us. What happened? Yeah, yeah like a, a van shows up, and it's <laughs> Salman Rushdie. He's like, "Get in! We're moving to Brooklyn." Yeah. Um, I wouldn't live in Brooklyn at gunpoint. Yeah. I just, it's not where. It's not I just, your style. It's not my style. Yeah. I'm a West Coast kid, and mm-hmm. I, I don't want to live in a community with like 10 million people, where you have to take a car for three blocks. Yeah. 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 Great places to visit, but mm-hmm. this is I get so much more done here. It's so mm-hmm. much more relaxing. It's better for your physical and mental health. It's mm-hmm. just a better place to live. Well, and you've got that book club that anchors you to yes. remind you you're not really an author. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care what you think. Yeah. yeah people people ask, they're like, do, do you guys ever read your books? And I'm like, that would be like us comparing photos of our wives naked. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good yeah. will come oh my of that. Gosh. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Too personal. Yeah. Good call with that. Yeah. Well, we're proud to call you ours here in Great Falls. Proud to be here. <laughs> and and even if you leave, we're still going to call you ours. We're still you. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. And congratulations Thank on your you. success and for sharing Honestly, these yeah. for sharing these really interesting impactful thought-provoking stories oh, with the world thank you yeah. so until we see your bright smiling happy face here in great falls we hope you are creating amazing memories with your friends and family wherever you are we'll see you soon we are no damn experts is the recorded claims from great falls montana covering what you need to know about this amazing damn town Damn, that felt good.